Hi, everyone. I'm Anita Lustria, and for many years I did live radio. Then I transitioned to the podcast world where I feel I found my home. I love talking about spiritual formation, justice issues, and spiritual practices. Throw in the Enneagram, movies, and current events from time to time, and that's what you get on the podcast. I'm glad you've come along for the ride. Welcome to Faith Conversations. Welcome to Faith Conversations, everyone. I'm Anita, and uh, you know that if you listen to Faith Conversations with any regularity. And you're also going to recognize my dear friend, Melinda Schmidt. The other voice on the podcast is back with me again. Hi, Melinda. Hey there. Good to see you. Always good to see you, too. And uh, you and I, we've been texting and emailing as usual. You're in Southern California. I'm in Florida. So, you, you know, we've got this three-hour time difference. So emailing and texting works really well. Um, but this really has been a summer of shifting. And even on the podcast, the things we've talked about as well. Oh, interesting, uh, isn't it? Yeah. Several casts, podcasts ago, we talked to Marla Taviano, who's definitely gone through and probably still in the middle of quite a faith shift. And, um, and we just, we talked about formation, being deeply formed, what spiritual formation looks like. And I don't even know what you and I were texting about, but I said, and maybe you were asking, you know, what, uh, what do you want to talk about the next time we get together? Literally, I typed this to you. I want to talk about being tired and worn out mm. by, and what I wrote was by faith, Ooh, which was interesting to me. And I'm, I'm remembering that we were talking about a book, which I don't have handy here, that I've been reading lately by uh, Dr. Bill Little that came out in 1995. I found it amongst some books. And in, in the preface to the book, he talks about early on in his life being a pastor and noticing that the church was making people sick. That's right. And I couldn't believe you're reading this. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. And that's when I said, well, I'm worn out by the church. Yeah. And by by just faith in general and culturally where things have gone and just some of the the mess of uh, sadly of Christianity that's been in the news. And it took me I just, you know, quickly zipped a email to you and said, it takes me to Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30, which is a favorite passage of mine, but especially in the message, which says, are you tired, worn out? Yes. Yes. Burned out on religion. Uh, some days I really feel like it. Come to me, get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. And I, I, one of the things I said to you is Jesus might not lay anything ill-fitting on me, but the church and religious systems are sure <laughs> trying to do that. And that's what's happening. So I was so glad you you started talking with me about this book because that's where it got Yeah. Me. Yeah. I grabbed it real quick while you were reading that scripture. It's called Eight Ways to Take an Active Role in Your Health of All Things. and um, Which has yeah. been on your mind, health. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've had some back trouble this summer, so I've been thinking about that. But um, 
Yeah, published in 1995 by Harold Shaw Publishers. Wow, Harold blast Lucy from Shaw, the past. Lucy, of course, the great friend of Eugene Peterson and Madeline Langle. But anyway, the author, uh, Dr. Bill Little, said during the time that he was a pastor, he said, I became aware of a lot of practices in churches that seemed to contribute to stress and illness. <laughs> in some churches, judgmentalism leads to guilt, fear, and rejection. I believe that this produces not the freedom, grace, and joy in living that is envisioned in the Gospels, but a life of misery and shame, Oof. a shame that belies everything Jesus lived and taught and even belies his redemptive death. So I thought that was interesting. He went on to get a degree in psychology and be the program director of the Cancer Support Center of St. Louis and also was a team psychologist for the St. Louis Cardinals and Seattle Mariners. <laughs> but that's what he writes about you know, way back, I say the nineties now or way back when, <laughs> but I'm sure it was earlier yeah. than, you know, because then he got his degree and all of that. So it could have been 80s, 70s, 60s, who knows, but he was and pretty aware, wasn't he? Oh yeah. Well, I'm thinking how fascinating that here's a guy who was a pastor, saw this happening in his church context and decided to make a major change, uh, went back to school for further education, right. moved out of the pastoral field, though I'm sure he carried the, some of those gifts with right. him and, um, moved on to mental health and, mm -hmm. and physical health. Physical health. Yeah. Wow. Because this whole thing, this whole book is about, um, you know, all kinds of things, healthy beliefs and controlling stress, nutrition, celebrating life, choosing to live, exercise. You know who else it reminds me of more recently is the Scazzeros. Peter and Jerry, is it Scazzeros? Yes. Mm -hmm. Because didn't she fall ill or something from overstress oh, yeah. from the it's church? Totally from stress. I she remember one day she said to him, um, I quit. And she wrote a book. She's, you know, pastor's wife and, and he, uh, is a retired pastor, but still very much involved in the emotionally healthy spirituality brand, right. which is, right. I highly recommend those materials and books. Right. They are wonderful, but yeah, she quit. She was so stressed. She was getting sick. She was, you know, uh, uh on, on 24 seven, so to speak, which I think yeah. a lot of those pastoral roles are. And sometimes the wives are, are pulled into it, even though they're not getting the paycheck. Well, I think, you know, Peter's really called evangelicals or Christians at large to live in a more healthy manner he has. spiritually and emotionally. And I'm sure he'd agree physically too, because I think they took time off and mm -hmm. rescheduled their lives and, yeah. and all of that. What I think is kind of funny is when we, do you remember when we interviewed Jerry on the former talk show we were on? Yeah. <laughs> it was like, oh dear, I don't know if we should talk about this. And now so it's funny. Just kind of a matter of course and much more yeah. widely accepted that um, healthy churches aren't churches that are burning out for Jesus, so to speak, which is very much about kind of the ego or, you know, intentions gone amok. Yes. <laughs> but there's so much more to it. And I know this summer we talked about discipleship and transformation and some of the language of faith and how we've been thinking through our own faith and so forth. And so that leads us to today where you kind of this, this topic of being tired out. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if it's just generally even by faith, Anita, but just kind of you're doing some shifting in your own life around purpose. And well, interest. I think, yeah, I think some of the things that I've talked with my spiritual director about um, purpose has always been the driver. And we, and you and I talked about this on a, a previous podcast, I think the one just before this as well, that 
but that purpose maybe should not be the engine mm-hmm. uh, of the train, but mm-hmm. really should be the caboose. And it should be driven a little bit more, maybe a lot more by d- desire and delight. And it's really interesting. I'm, I'm listening, not a Christian book, but a wonderful, very interesting book by Ross Gay called the book of delights. And, um, <laughs> and he, he, he's, he writes about a delight a day and, and, um, and there, you might not expect that he's a really fine writer and poet, number one, but you might not expect some of the delights, you know, as I think of delights and I think of what might cross my path each day, you know, might be the, the going to the pool or just the feeling of cooler water though, in the summer in Florida, the water is pretty warm. Uh, but you know, his, he sort of turns it around because he's thoughtful and he grabs sort of curious and unexpected things. And, and so it helps me start looking for the unexpected. Mm -hmm. And so I'm thinking about that in, even in the field of art and all of this stuff, but to get back to your point, um, purpose, um, and right. And here's Rick Warren, the purpose-driven life. If you're, if you came from evangelical circles, you have grown up with purpose being the engine of the machine. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a lot of weariness that comes from that. And what about just the practice of being with people, presence with people, as opposed to the big purpose machine of some great thing you're involved in or whatever? Yeah. And I think that's, you know, I also take into account that we are Western and American and it's very much um, tied into our culture from our nation's earliest days, apparently Um, individualism, you know, get ahead, you can prosper, you can get life to work. And so, you know, I'm not sure that this kind of, of zealousness on fire translates to continents like Africa or Asia. You know, one thing I learned at grad school was to really pay attention to other cultures working out of theology about God. And um, I, I know we've said this before when we've talked, but it's worth our while to really look at how other cultures um, live their faith. And, um, it, it can look very different than the way we do. And maybe, you know, nothing is perfect. So it's like, nobody's doing it. Like, you know, when Jesus left, you know, in the gospels, he, he, he didn't serve up a plan. He said, just go, go make followers of me, go to go tell people about me. And that was pretty much the gist of it. So how that works out, you know, and, and put in institutionalism there and politics and, you know, climate, culturally and geographically, there's just so many variables. But I guess, of course, we're specifically talking about our our own here in this country. And I know that that's led you to make some changes and even your outlook and purpose of things that sounds like from the podcast to how you spend your free time and getting together with people. I know you've been oh, yeah. teaching a lot in Sarasota and it sounds like you're rethinking some of that. Well, I think summer's a good time to rethink some of those <laughs> things as well. Well, I've been thinking about the podcast. You, Mike and I had this conversation the other night. I said, you know what? Um, younger, isn't this, isn't this the operative word? Younger and newer voices 
have come along. Everyone's doing a podcast these days. You know, <laughs> I know. Well, but it's, it's age related. I just think everybody's on it. I yeah. Mean, everybody's yeah. doing that. Yeah. And but how, that, uh, how does that fit? With well, I think it, I think it affects me in this way. I think, well, um, what, what are really, what are the things that I want to talk about? How do I want, it's gotten me reevaluating. How do I want to spend my time? Uh, do I want to be book driven, which is, you know, talking with someone about the content of their book, which if it's something really marvelous, and I have to admit that there's a lot of junk that comes out there, you can't help, you know, not every book is going to be a home run winner. Um, but, well, but do I want to spend my time prepping and having that kind of conversation? Would I rather be topic driven? And number, I, I think first and foremost, I realized I needed to take a break. I was just kind of weary and worn out. I hadn't taken an actual summer break from the podcast in eight and a half years. And mm. I didn't realize that. So yeah. it's like, okay, time for a break. I'm kind of loving this break. <laughs> I mean, a lot of podcasts aren't lasting, lasting that long these days too. I know. True. And you know, you don't, that's, I mean, you're, you're kind of a long-termer in the yeah. field here. So that would yeah. seem right to kind of reassess. It seems like today we're talking about a couple of things. Yeah. One is a topic that's kind of run through the thread of some of our conversations on the podcast this summer, which is shifting mm -hmm. and looking at our faith and how it's integrate been integrated with our life and our lives, and then kind of rethinking that from theology to practice. And then you yourself are having this secondary part of where you're just kind of looking at life. And I think you're looking at, at it through a lens of life with God as well, because that is important to you. Absolutely. And, and I, how that has affected the podcast is I started doing a weekly spiritual practice. I release Alexio Divina every Wednesday. Oh, I love doing that. And I don't think I'll ever quit doing that. And then I started releasing a poem or a prayer every Saturday, mm -hmm. something really short. It's going to take, you know, take you about three minutes to listen to it. I love doing that. And I think mm -hmm. that's something that can spur someone along their way. I realized I enjoy personally listening to shorter things, and I'm sure I'm not the only one. Our attention is spread, can be spread kind of thin. And my attention is going in other directions. And I thought, you know, maybe other people's is as well. And even these summer conversations that you and I have been having, they're shorter than what my podcast has been in the past. And I'm also loving that. And so just reevaluating and doing some shifting even here on the, in the podcast. Yeah. Gosh, Anita, you don't like talking as much. <laughs> I thought I felt the earth shift here recently. <laughs> you know, we had, we had a wonderful dinner with friends now, like within the last couple of weeks. I, and, and like a two hour dinner, you know, nice, like you would with friends. Right. And you're talking a lot and listening. And so I was exhausted the next day. I don't think I even told that to Mike. I thought, Oh, I don't dare. <laughs> I'm, I'm like torn. I'm tuckered out just from this two hour conversation, but you and I have talked before um, about the fact that I think all of us, even though we're you know, the, the huge, horrible part of COVID is kind of in the rear view mirror for most of us, not all, but um, we're still trying to learn how to re-engage in the world. I think that's still happening. Yeah. I, w I was going to raise that same five-letter word as well. Yeah. 
And who knows if we're not letting down a little bit after being on edge for a couple of years between huh. that and politics, which is still going on, yes. which is still going on. No wonder I'm exhausted. You know, we're yeah. yet another indictment for another <sighs> president. I mean, this used to be very irregular, you know, yes. and past presidents went through these things. They were big deals. Now mm-hmm. it's just like, okay. Here's another one We're, we've gotten had to get used to a lot more chaos, I think, in our lives that was unthinkable. And even in our health, um, you know, they're talking about another COVID surge right now. And, you know, I just kind of wonder if we're not kind of regaining ourselves to your yeah. point after all of that and living in this kind of subconscious tension Mm-hmm. And I'm really focusing these days on relaxation. You know, we went through a big move. It's been a bit of adjustment, uh, you know, other things as well. And um, so I think it is a time for us. And it sounds like we are both getting into or walking new paths mm-hmm. where you're much more into your artwork. I'm working on relaxation and decompression and working with this back issue I've had and just adjusting and thinking about our future transformation looks different personally and spiritually. And so I guess, you know, today we just wanted to say, Hey, maybe somebody listening is Mm -hmm. wondering if they're crazy or why they feel like doing something differently than they have for 15 years or whatever. And, you know, just an opportunity to kind of get together here and say, hey, we're not alone. I mean, I'd really be interested in hearing other stories as well of shifts and changes that they're making that maybe don't have to do with, okay, we suffer some people, maybe it's adding grandchildren into the picture or kids getting married or sending them off to college. But even personally, you know, what, how are your desires changing? And how is your thinking shifting? And what what things are you reading or not reading anymore? Oh man. <laughs> you know? What are you reading and not reading? I know. I feel like my what reading learning? has shifted all, uh, uh, as well. And, and my, so I think one of the things in the aftermath of COVID has been church and church attendance. And, you know, I'm, while I love my church and love the people that, that are there and that I know, um, it still sometimes feels harder to, than it did year, you know, four years ago to get up and, and head out the door and go. Um, oh, I don't have this, so huge, many people. Yeah, I know I don't have this huge drive. Um, I think I'd rather just have, you know, have a meal with a couple of other couples or singles, whomever, and discuss some good topics, raise some, um, spiritual content that we can talk about together and, uh, and also go deeper. I think part of it too, I, I, I'm tired of shallow conversations. I'm really grateful for good friends that I go deeper with like you. And I have a couple of other people like that as well, but, um, you know, who I'm sitting next to in the pew, uh, I'm not turning to them during the past, the peace time and having any big, deep conversation. And I recognize I'm gathering for other reasons, but, but I would love gathering around the table, not just the table of the Lord, but I think it is the table of the Lord when, you know, no matter when you're gathering with friends or with people. And I think the people I'm gathering with also looks different. It may be people in my community that don't necessarily have um, a faith background. They're a oh, little bit curious about yes. 
who Mike and I are and what our what's our faith thing all about. <laughs> they don't get that. And right. and I feel like I've got a whole different call on my life. Right. Right. Do, do you, I'm sure you feel that way too. I, yeah. I see it in what you're doing. I, I do. I wrote down friends here, you know, and of course we moved from Illinois to Southern California. So, um, you know, my friendships really have sh- shifted and changed, you know, and some have lasted and some are less so and for one reason or the other, but um, you know, I, I, I wonder if there's others listening today who are like, yeah, you know, I just maybe don't connect to so-and-so anymore. Like what's with me? Or I thought we'd be friends forever. And, you know, our, you know, asking ourselves questions, and I know I've said this before, but our friends life-giving, I think during COVID and all of that and conspiracy theories, you know, uh, just sitting with friends who honestly are just sowing seeds of fear and not faith or trust or optimism or empathy, you know, just wasn't working for me. So our our friends life-giving, you know, when we spend time with them and I too have really appreciated, uh, you know, being out of a, you know, I was in Wheaton, Illinois. So, you know, that was its own bubble and even the Chicago area with Moody Bible Institute, et cetera, Moody Radio. But out here, it's like, nobody's in touch with any of that stuff, any of those things. And there's things that I miss about that. But like you said, Anita, I feel like my world has opened up and it's been such a wonderful experience to have friendships with others who, you know, faith isn't our connection. Just living is just them being them, but I get to live who I am. And I think, isn't that, you know, what faith is about living God out, you know, with others, which is kind of what Jesus did when, when he came. (laughs) Well, and speaking of Jesus, to me, this take again, takes me back to the gospels. I think um, more and more, that's where I'm planting myself, right? right? right. How did Jesus live? Look at the welcome. I mean, the, the people he spoke harshly to, again, we, we say this all the time, but in, if you missed it, <laughs> were the religious leaders, you know, right. the, the, the programmers and the institutions. The institution, exactly. You took yeah. the words out of my mouth. <laughs> and, uh, um, you know, he came for those who, not the well, but those who are sick, those who are struggling, those who are on the margins, those, you know what, who, who am I hanging out with? Free. And yeah, to set people free. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. And it might be, and look kind of messy, uh, not might it does absolutely yeah. does. Oh yeah. So much. There's just, you know, you and I've talked again before or how, you know, trauma, childhood trauma, it's kind of big on the front page these days. And, you know, we're discovering just how hurting people are yeah. and, um, you know, what, what they need and what they don't probably need is more anger, more, more righteousness, more defensiveness, which, you know, we're seeing divide the church right now, actually, that isn't it. I I just can't imagine if, if Jesus came to the United States (laughs) right now, what in the world, what would he make of things? What would he be calling us to, you know, right there is something worth thinking of, you know, and what is our place in that story? Because that literally is what is going on right now. And, uh, as you were saying all that, something else that came to my mind was um, Instagram. You might think, 
how did that come to your mind? Well, the people that I'm paying attention to today, they are not the voices that I paid attention to 10 years ago, Hmm, maybe even five years ago. I'm paying attention to people like Alison Cook, Andy Kolber, Kurt Thompson, Adam Young. These are all people that are talking about mental health Mm. and emotional and spiritual health, those four. But I am also paying attention to the holistic psychologist, not necessarily uh, a person of Christian faith. I I don't really even know. And I could list a variety of other um, voices on Instagram as well that are speaking marvelously into the mental and emotional health of uh, the population in which we live. Yeah. Yes. Um, I wanted to go back to, you were yeah. talking about um, communion, the Eucharist. Table. Or, or, oh yeah. Yeah. Table and all that. And I was thinking about how actually, you know, we we call it the Lord's Supper, or the Eucharist, of course, in liturgical settings, but really Jesus was talking about when you have a meal together. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, we've institutionalized it. Okay. I accept that. (laughs) You know, it's good to do with others every week if you're in a liturgical service, but I just think about adding reverence to even our meals and having people in our home and not sensing necessarily that we need to be giving a speech about our faith, but just having a reverence for even getting people together and taking it seriously. I think of the, um, you had her on the podcast, the bread maker. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, She's got like Kendall a, Vanderslice. Yeah. I was going to yes. say a last name. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what was her first name? Kendall. Kendall Vanderslice. Yeah. She's got a whole thing where she's teaching churches. Yes. How to do this, by the way, if anyone it's edible theology, if anybody wants to look that up, but she's teaching it in churches about how to gather people together and have a faith presence with them in your communities. So that's kind of interesting. Good for her. Absolutely. Really trying to make a go of it. Yes. And I think one of the things that I love about her and others uh, that are trying to do something similar, it might look a little different in different contexts, but they're people like we all are with warts and wounds, but are still moving forward and um, trying to be the kingdom of God wherever we are. Right. Right. And, you know, I know um, my spiritual director often says Jesus was a partier and you know, it wasn't often where he was, you know, he went with religious leaders sometimes like Zacchaeus and others, but he targeted people. I think he kind of had an intuitive sense of who was, who was worth getting together with. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we talk about the first miracle in scriptures of this wedding, you know, at a party with mom, (laughs) (laughs) you know, and, and just kind of, enjoying being with children, wandering, talking, taking walks with people, living. And so to me, it takes us full circle back to even where we began with that comment about purpose being more the caboose. You know, let's be real. Let's hang out. Let's be with people. Let's be who we are infused with Christ, infused with the Holy Spirit, but be that, be presence um, not be a boatload of, I think, I feel like I have less words and not, not be this boatload of words, (laughs) megaphone. Thank you. Yeah. 
but be presence, be, you know, um, what, what's, um, uh, which, which saint is it, uh, is it St. Francis or whoever says about doing when all else fails, then use words, but not until, you know, you know, which is what I'm talking about that quote. Yeah. 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 Um, I can't think who that is. I know That's whoever's right. checking it right now. Sorry, yeah. we can't hear you. Um, <laughs> yeah, and I'm thinking along with that, let's listen to ourselves when we're weary. If you're feeling weary and you're rethinking, you're rethinking friends, your faith practice, your aspirations, your desires, I, I think, you know, the enemy comes to destroy, kill, deceive, and lie. And some of these voices that start asking, what's wrong with you? Or you're crazy. Or what's the matter with you? Or you should push harder. That's the enemy's also called the accuser. Yeah. You know, and Adam Young is a big one for saying every day we wake up, the enemy's just here. And this isn't God's complete 100% world yet. So we have to be ready to live within that context. And so if those voices are coming to you, you know, don't listen, reject them. And Uh, pay attention to them. And we don't know what wonderful things might open up to us. And I think that's, that's exciting and and worthy. And maybe COVID has played into that and everything else, but it's here, it's life, it's happening and not crazy. (laughs) Yeah. I think that's the point of our conversation today (laughs) to pay attention and see what your shifts are looking like these days. Yeah. That's it. Well, thank you, Melinda. As always, great to have a conversation with you. And um, we'll do another one of these, I think, before the summer's over. And as always, I say to everyone, keep the conversation going.